1: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
2: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Hello and welcome to you all. How good was the footy last night? I thought it was a sensational game of football. I am really looking forward to taking your calls on the massive talking points out of it. First hour is yours, One 736 736. You can send us a text on the Temper Text, a mattress like no other, Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Massive show coming up. Richmond fans, Kane Lambert is going to join us. Tom Harley from the Sydney Swans up there. Fair bit to get through with Tom this morning. i have a chat to the Melbourne Rebels. We'll speak to Hutto, who's in action behind the microphone for Friday Night Footy, the huge one. Tonight we've got the quiz over and under. And a big, big volcano coming up. So I'm pretty fired up. And I've already done two and a half hours on SENSA this morning to the point where one caller had to say this to me.
3: Kane, you need to calm down, man. I need to calm down. You're too
2: loud. Oh, I got really fired up. There's so much I want to speak about. It was a great game of footy, but there's big talking points out of it. So let's get the show underway with this. Well, one thing I've learnt is that Dustin Martin has the competition absolutely spooked. And I've never seen a player in the history of the game that the opposition is as petrified of 50,000 people at the mcg last night 49,000 of them know exactly the way that dustin martin plays i don't know how many watched on tv would it would it have been 6 700,000 well probably 650,000 of those also knew exactly the way dustin martin likes to play yet he can still stand at a stoppage with not one opposition player putting any body contact on him or going anywhere near him. And he did it in the prelim final against Port last year, which cost Ken Hinckley's men a shot at a premiership and a grand final berth. He did it again last night. No plan, nothing. Nothing to curtail the best player that we are going to see in the last hundred years. How in the world can the player of the century, a three time Norm Smith medalist, take an uncontested chess mark ten metres out from goal with not one Carlton player anywhere near him? How can the best matchup inside fifty, deep, be Adam Sard? How can that possibly happen when you have a coach that's getting paid six to seven hundred thousand dollars, he's got ten assistant coaches and you've got forty full time athletes that did not have a plan for Dustin Martin last night? Why would you not at least try to take away the opposition's biggest weapon? Simon Black did it all in his 323-game career at Brisbane, and here's what he thinks about the opposition leaving Martin untouched.
4: Oh, look, it is amazing, isn't it? I, I was staggered the the, um, you know, like the great players like Dustin Martin still don't have a run with player so often. It's it's it blows me away, and I guess it just goes to show, it doesn't, how much team structure forms a part of the side strategy these days as
2: opposed to um, the old-fashioned scrag and tagger that Mm -hmm. um, does a a, a mighty job for the team. If I hear we're going to back our system in against Dustin Martin one more time, I'll honestly do a Terry Wallace and throw up. So he had 12 disposals in the last quarter when the game was on the line last night. He kicked two for the game. He had six score assists. He had 12 score involvements and nearly 700 metres gained. And the best player of this century ran around, again, with no-one on him. Now, Wayne Carey was great. Gary Ablett Jr. too. Chris Judd was the same. But they were, at at times, stoppable. And at the very least, the opposition had a plan to stop them. Dustin Martin has the opposition players and coaches absolutely spooked. And for as good as he is, he is stoppable. He was a different last night again. And if Carlton missed the finals by one game it might just cost someone their job. 1-300-736-736 to have your say on that or anything else you want to speak about this morning. He's brilliant. Absolutely. He's thrilling. And he was a story for me last night. He looks hungry. He looks fit. But it's all too hard for the opposition. Tigi, I don't know what you did for the last four months. You knew you were playing Richmond in round one. You didn't have a plan, and you cannot honestly sit here and tell me that you had a plan to take away the opposition's biggest weapon, who was again the difference last night. We'll wait and see what happens for the rest of the year, and I'm not suggesting that there's room for the old-fashioned tagger who just neglects his game and tries to stop the opposition, but you need a plan And the opposition do not have one for Dustin Martin. That was a big talking point for me. What were yours? Because there's plenty we need to get through. Great to see footy back. Crowd was magnificent. It felt like normal. And it was a really, really good game of footy. And there's certainly some areas that Carlton have improved upon and should be optimistic about. Darren's going to get us underway tonight. Welcome to the show, Darren. Thanks for kicking us off.
5: Yeah, g'day, Volcano. Look, mate, uh, for every person that doesn't like you, four people do, mate. So I love your work.
2: Thanks, Dan. Um,
5: My subject is I want to talk about uh, the crowds. Now, last night there could have been ninety thousand there, right? There's fifty thousand. That's fantastic. There's no reason why we can't have one hundred percent capacity at Victorian grounds. Now, Kane, I think you might know I'm a Geelong supporter. We play Brisbane uh, in two in next weekend, right?
6: Mm-hmm.
5: There's no reason why Kennington Park can't hold thirty-six thousand people instead of only eighteen, right? There's no COVID in Victoria. Um, it's just ridiculous, and I, I just feel that a lot of commentators on SEN aren't addressing this problem. Now you had uh, Waitley talking to the Victorian Sports Minister on Thursday morning, and he never really put that hard question to. Uh, the Victorian sports minister. I, I just think that the Victorian government are getting a free kick here. And the, the people who are missing out are the people who love our game. And Spot on, I- Darren. Spot, you,
2: you're spot on. And a nice little volcano from you. So uh, Darren's volcano this morning. We spoke about it last week. It, it makes no sense. It, ma- it makes absolutely no sense. Two active cases, is it, uh, all in hotel quarantine, and particularly down in Geelong, 18,000 at GMHBA isn't enough. So if someone can explain to me the reasons behind it, uh, I'd, I'd love to hear them. And if someone from the government's listening, give us a call, because, um, and it's not just in Victoria, it's the sa- same here in South Australia, 40,000 at Adelaide Oval is, is ridiculous, and people are missing out for no reason, other than we have uh, governments, speaking of the opposition being spooked about gov- Dustin Martin, we have governments that have been spooked about coronavirus that right now is very much under control. It's a good call, Darren, and well worth kicking us off this morning. Nick is on the line. He wants to speak about Richmond, who looks sensational again. Nick, your thoughts on Richmond last night?
5: Hey, how are you, mate? I'm good. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, just wanted to say, how good Dick Carlton looked last night? But also, Dustin Martin, he's something else.
2: Well, he is. He's, he's a genuine freak, but He's only an absolute freak because the opposition let him be a freak. So I'm sitting at home and I'm going to throw something at the TV because I see Adam Saad, who's probably 30 kilograms lighter than Dustin Martin, as the best matchup inside 50. And I know there's turnovers and I know the opposition get caught out and I know all of that. I'm not stupid. And I know people would call me old school. But give me a plan. Give me an absolute plan, because if it's not Dustin Martin, who's Richmond's next most dangerous player? I don't know. I don't know. He's been their match winner, and he's been their match winner for the last six years, and he'll continue to be if the opposition let him. Uh, Dom's on the line. What did you think of the footy last night, Dom?
6: Oh, look, I agree with what you said. Martin's a freak. on am an supporter. A C- couple of quick points. Um, the non-50 for, uh, that um, Zach Fisher had when, when Richmond actually swapped players, yeah. And also, the worst one was um, Setterfield when Macintosh did a ballroom dance. I'd love your opinion on that. And just getting back to the cold crowd thing, <clears throat> we've had 400,000 COVID tests since the breakup. There were six people positive who were all direct contacts of the hotel quarantine workers. I looked around the ground last night, the top deck of the southern stand there would be 20% full and people sitting in the back row. You go to the footy, and and, a couple of points. I was in the AFL members section, which was a lot more dense than the rest of it. I think they should definitely should go to 75%. That's another 25,000. 15,000 of those tickets need to go to members. And these idiots in the government, you go to the footy, you sit in your seat, the only time you move from your seat is when you go to the loo or go and get some food and you walk up the aisle and then you come back. And, by the way, Richmond Station was no different to what it was for the last 50 years. The mm. platforms were chockers, no-one wore masks and the... and the. Um, and the trains were full. And I st- oh, yeah. and I agree with your first call. I it's you few people in the media to really start putting the pressure on. And just back to the game. I thought it was a riffing game. The thing that hurt Carlton from halfway through the second quarter, we kicked 2-11. I know. Lot- so,
2: uh, Dom, uh, there, there are a lot of positives to take out of it from Carlton. But um, unfortunately, in a winning position again and lose. Now, you can look at it two ways. They had two goals conceded from 50 metre penalties to Richmond. They had Harry Mackay miss three sodas, three in about the space of five minutes in the third quarter. Sam Walsh missed a similar one, easy shot under no pressure in that third quarter. So there's six goals I could come up with. You got, uh, was it O'Brien running through the middle of the ground? Ball slips through his hand. He then turns it over. Richmond go down the other end and Martin kicks another goal. And Levi Casbolt the same at a crucial stage. Ball hits him in the head with a beautiful pass from Murphy. Um, He turns the footy over again. So I reckon there's eight goals that you could easily watch the tape if you're a Carlton fan and say, gee whiz, we could have absolutely had one of our greatest wins ever. A lot of improvement, but once again, you look at the margin and they didn't get it done. Brendan is on the road He's sick of Dustin Martin. Brendan, why?
7: Um, is there any fear in an umpire one day, maybe pulling him up for his bedding above the shoulder into a player's neck? Because every time I watch Richmond play, I don't think the uh, umpires are watching him. All they're watching is the play. They're not watching what he's doing with his left hand to a player's throat. I watched it twice last night. One result in a goal. And the other resulted in Richard getting the ball inside 50. I don't understand how umpires
2: aren't seeing this happen game after game after game. He's got a bit of the uh he's got a bit of the Nick Revolt's about him, Brendan. A bit of the protected species from the umpire at the moment. But it wasn't the case maybe three or four years ago. I don't reckon. But now 50-50 umpiring call, definitely give it to the superstar. And there are some players in the AFL that do get looked after from the umps. I don't know, if it was Toby Green fending off high, would he be called up for it? Just posing the question. Uh, reasonable point. But he's good, but he's great because the opposition let him be great and they've he's got them spooked. He's got them absolutely spooked. Charlie's on the road. Uh, he wants to speak about Buddy Franklin. G'day, Charlie. No, no, about Dustin. Oh, okay. It says Buddy on my screen. What do you want to say about Dusty? No, uh, oh,
7: look, I think you're, um, you've got to... Yeah, it doesn't matter what you do with Dustin. Dustin's the best player that's played in the last twenty years, in my opinion,
4: and I'm a. But that's the, player, that's, the I'm atti-
2: that's the yeah, attitude. That's the attitude, Charlie. That, that the opposition say, "Oh, it doesn't. We can't do anything about him. He's too good. He's unstoppable. Uh, everyone is stoppable, or you can leave him for times." Your attitude is the problem, and it's the problem with the coaches is they think. Uh, too hard, uh, too hard basket. No one wants to sacrifice their game or come up with a plan or do something different. Uh, that that is the problem with Dustin Martin and the way teams treat him. And that's why I say he's got them spooked. Appreciate your call, but I, I'm not. Let me get this straight. I'm not saying he's not brilliant, and he still wouldn't have a massive impact if a team did put some time into him. But at the moment, no-one's doing anything. And you heard from Simon Black, imagine how many he touches he would have had if he didn't have an annoying idiot like me in his back pocket for every time he ran out on the ground. Mixing Kings Park, Dustin Martin, Mick, your thoughts? And, uh OK? Yeah, love
7: the show as usual, mate. When Dustin, to me, he, he, he's, a, he's a superstar. There's, there's, there's no doubt in that. But the problem is, as you say, you don't put pressure on him, you're going to get 150 a game, okay, now his arm out. It's like a prize fighter going going to hit somebody, if you don't want him to use say has a south ball for instance, you're gonna get him real close and stop that impact. Now you get him real close and the only one who, who actually does that doesn't stop him all the time, but the one who does it really well when he plays on him is Levi Greenwood from Collingwood when he plays on Martin. Because he gets in close to him, he's a niggling, he's like 2K he's a niggling defender.
2: Yeah, and what he what, what Greenwood does, and you're right on that, he tries to at least disrupt him. So if he's off the ball, he'll niggle him, he'll bump him, he'll block his run. 100 metres away from the ball, he'll be physical. You know, when there was an old-school tagger, the opposition would have a plan to every time they were near you, you whack him into him. And I can tell you, after 100 minutes of footy and you've had 100 bumps off the ball, it takes it out of you, and it's bloody annoying. Do you ever see anyone, any team... Come up with a plan to collectively, for an extra couple of seconds, bit of niggle, bit of mongrel. I don't, I don't see it. I do not see it. It's almost like, oh, we're, we're scared of Dusty. I don't want to. It's almost like the, the opposition give him high fives and pick him up off the ground. It's ridiculous. We're playing AFL football with a massive prize on the line, and no one's doing anything to stop him. Oh, I'd love to ask a coach about this. Uh, I've spoken to Ken Hinckley about it. He says, Kane, you're old school. Yeah, we don't play that way anymore. Well,. Kenny, I'd argue it cost you a spot in the grand final because you had Darcy Byrne-Jones on him in a prelim final when he made him look silly. It's 19 minutes past nine. We'll get to Pete, Andrew, Robbie and Con after this.
8: Turned away, Brian. It somehow found its way back to Martin, who fended his way clear, and the A-lister arrives on opening night.
2: The A-lister arrives on opening night. Jared Sharp last night, that was part of our AFL Nation commentary team. We'll speak to Anthony Hudson, of course, the best in the business ahead of tonight's huge game. Great game of footy tonight, Collingwood taking on the Western Bulldogs. Impressive signs for Carlton last night, but some lapses cost them. Victory Blues fans, how are you feeling this morning? side and nothing i saw last night doesn't have me believing that they should probably play finals this year which would be a good result laura's on the line um the crowd capacity has been a hot topic for the whole year on this station have you got a view laura dropped off i just being told by benny so let's go to uh, beautiful adelaide 30 degrees here today dennis is there g'day to you dennis hello
5: mate how are you buddy i'm well thanks mate uh Look, this uh, dusty stuff. Look, honestly, mate, I'm a catch man. I remember back in the day when Baker stood Stevie J, yes. and uh, Stevie J ended up looking like Santa Claus's reindeer. His nose was that red. But at the end of the day, mate, it takes away all of the toughness. You can't rough him up anymore. It, and you know yourself as a tagger, mate. You, you, you stand them as close as you can. These great players—they know when to get to receive the ball at the right time. But then you go the avenue. Can they get the hard ball all day? And Steve and Stevie J learnt from Baker that day that if you want to get thirty touches, fifteen are going to be easy, and the other fifteen are going to be hard. And only the only the real good players can do that. They do that these days.
2: Yeah, it's a different era, and I'm not. Condo- I'm, I'm not suggesting that um, you know anyone should whack Dustin Martin behind play and. and- cost himself six weeks like Stephen Baker did, but ju- just what if, and I'm not even suggesting he has a full-on tag for the whole game, but what if, you know, Cripps is on fire in the first half. He has 17. It couldn't sniff it in the second half. What, what if yeah. you just said, what if you just said, Cripper give me 10 minutes in the crucial stage start of the last quarter, go and put your body on Dusty and don't let him have his way. This is the sort of stuff, some innovation from the coach's box that we don't see. I don't know even if, no, if they scout Dustin Martin they just give up because they think it's too hard and I'm fired up. I promise I'll calm down very, very shortly. Uh, Pete is in North Croydon. G'day to you Pete. G'day Kane. how are you mate? Good buddy. Um, I'm a Carlton
7: supporter. Um it can't support it for 40 49 50 years um, not seeing anything new than what we did last year. I think last night we got absolutely smashed out of the stoppages in the centers and I couldn't understand how our, our midfield coach could not see that shy Bolton who's I don't think anyone's mentioned today absolutely mm. killed us out of the center and whilst we can whilst we continue to play players, who have got the basic skill errors of Piotrowski, Seaton, Lockie, O'Brien. Um,
2: Kerno turned the footy over last night. Casbolt turned it over.
7: It, it's, it's frustrating and we, we, we were so one-dimensional that when we did kick it to a Levi or a Harry McKay, there was no smalls at the front and centre. We were all over the back and Richmond were front and centre and they just rebounded it, and they were running in fours and fives. And uh, you know, it's frustrating.
2: It's you spot you spot on with a couple of your points. I think Williams will definitely help when get him back in the midfield because they were one or two midfielders short. And your point about Bolton, um, if he's not going to be the most improved player in the competition, I don't know who will be. He was he was awesome last night, and that would excite Richmond fans. You got another one, Bolter also was pretty good at stages last night. I'm a bit more positive than you are, Pete, um, and I'll tell you why after the 9.30 news headlines. We've got Laura back. You want to chat about the crowd capacity? Welcome, Laura.
9: Hi, Kane. Um In terms of, like, the COVID thing, the last time that a breach happened, I do know that some people who would have been in contact or possibly been in contact with the person in Terminal 4 weren't notified straight away, like some of us found out through um, social media or whatever else. So I think they're doing it to cover themselves, really, because Mm. it might be as simple as someone comes through, a first aider will attend, or even firefighters, because, you know, the firefighters attend that, whatever, um, and then all of a sudden they don't know. By the time they find out, one of the, just say, cafe worker, a firefighter, a first aider, has gone to the football, then they've infected all these people, and then they've done this and that, you know. The government Mm. seems to be a bit slow getting onto it, so I'm wondering, pure speculation, is this a way of them covering their butts? I think they should butt. let more people in. Yeah, because if they let more people, there's less exposure and you know stuff like that. No, I think you. That- I
2: think what you make. I think you make a lot of sense. I think a lot of what the government has done has been covering their butt, including. I don't want. To, I don't want to get political on this, but I I do share the frustration of the fans that have been locked out. And and we've got to think of how far we've come. I mean, last year was pretty depressing seeing no one at that game. So having fifty thousand was was great, and it felt like a hundred. But. I've got sympathy for fans who haven't been to the footy for 500-odd days and can't go and see their team play for no real safety reason. doesn't make a lot of sense. But, Laura, you did this morning. Get involved, one 736 736 Andrew, Robbie, Jason, Stephen, Brent, after the 9.30 news headlines. Good on you, Gibbsy. You absolute legend nailing it. As always, one 736 I'll ask you a question. Richmond don't play until Sunday. Nick Vlosten has a knock to the knee. A knock to the knee doesn't usually keep you out for 12 days, but he was the medical sub, meaning he should miss 12 days. Does he play in round two? And if he does, what will the reaction be like? one Andrew's on the line. Dustin Martin causing me all sorts of headache. Andrew, what's your take on it?
3: I think it's spot on. I, I-, I think he's... A- well, put this way, if you compare it against a Lee Matthews or Abbott Senior, he's not in the same class, OK? That's, uh, if people were, I was lucky enough to see Lee Matthews play, and um, uh, Lee Matthews, to me, is one of the greatest players ever. So Dusty Martin, left alone, if, if you're a Richmond supporter and Dusty Martin has been left alone for the rest of the year, you might as well... Uh, line up for your grand final tickets now because Correct. they'll get into the, they'll get into the grand final no problems at all and this is the shame of it Pill, opposition teams don't need to thug him or you know they just need to put some pressure sustain pressure doesn't need to be one play it needs to be a collective basically push him to the boundary line uh, every time. Scrounge him around when, when he's trying to get a uh, break free you know there's a lot of ways to limit him you won't totally limit him, but Richmond feeds off him. They feed Go off him big
2: him. time. Go after him. Make yep, a statement. Yep. Do something. Bump him off the ball. Uh, I don't know if they play Mel, but every, every time Max Gorn runs past Dustin Martin, you would expect the captain gives him a good old bump. Just Just a nice fair bump and I can tell you the 120th time someone does that to Dustin Martin for the game, it adds up. I'm not seeing any of it and it absolutely staggers me. It has staggered me for two to three years and no one's got a plan to stop the best player and biggest weapon in the competition and it happened again last night. So I'm not sure how the Carlton coaching group will dissect that, whether they just said about the umpiring last night, couldn't have stopped him, doesn't matter, too easy. Well, he's got you spooked. Uh, Robbie wants to chat about the umpiring last night. What do you think, Robbie?
8: Oh, Kane. Okay, yeah, look, I agree with your um, thoughts on on Dusty, and you know, I, I dispute that other caller's um, comments about Dusty not being in the same class as Lee Matthews. I think he certainly is. Um, probably might be the greatest player ever by the time he's done. But look, very positive signs for Carlton. It was it was close to that third quarter, and obviously they got a lot of they got a few goals in junk time. But they are the best team for the past five years, and there's no doubting that. Um, one of the, and a lot of issues that Carlton have are self-inflicted. Turning the ball over, as you say, in- inaccurate kicking as one. Zach Fisher was just playing around with yeah, from what was from 45, but he should he should have just gone back and smashed that. He's very accurate goal. But one thing I wanted to bring to your attention was an umpire-inflicted one, and I'm not not whinging here, but it led to a direct goal. Goal was the Liam Jones delivery out of bounds. Oh. Um, which, where he was clearly following, tracing the ball. Um, he tapped it a couple of times. And if you see the, the goal angle view, he wasn't in control of the ball at all, and he got called for a deliberate out of bounds. Um, then Curvis, on the other hand, on the other end, um, gets some pressure applied. There's still no one around him, and he just walks it straight across the goal, yeah. and it's a point.
2: Yeah, so the the, the nan Curvis one was a correct decision, and the umpires will back that up because he was close to the goal line and there was a Carlton player pretty close to him. But the Jones one, this is the problem. No feel for the game. I mean, Liam Jones is a clumsy player at the best of times, but let alone running back to your own goal at full speed with the ball sort of bobbling on the tip of your finger, you tap it in front of you, eventually goes through we cannot penalise defenders for that. They can't kick the ball out of the area because they get Pinkford deliberately out of bounds. They can't chop an arm of an opponent. Now they can't run back to the safety of their own goal and sort of half-fumble the ball running through at full speed. I'd hate to be a defender. I absolutely would hate it. Uh, Jason's on the line. Um, Dusty and Lee Matthews, how do the two compare, Jase? Well, they're pretty
10: similar, like... He's a great player. There's no doubt about it. But them, what I find funny is no one goes back on their history. I just—I'm an Essendon supporter. Mm. 2001 season when Lee Matthews turned around and said, "You know what? If it—if it bleeds, you can kill it." I'm not saying to kill him, but there is a way. Someone's just got to find it. Correct. Made and simple. And once they find it, then every team will do it. It's like no difference in 2000 with the Bulldogs when they started flooding Essendon. They'll start doing the same tactic. They've
3: just got to
2: have the balls and turn around and go, you know what, this is what we're going to do because this works. So find a weakness for Dustin Martin, and he's, he's got a weakness. Like he's not a, he's not a big aerobic athlete. He's a terrible defender. F- find a weakness and expose it. You've got 10 coaches in your coach's box. You've got full-time athletes. You've had a three-month preseason to come up with a plan for Dustin Martin in round one, and you served up that you served up nothing, Teaguey. I like you, Teaguey, but you served up nothing last night. And who knows? You finished one game outside the eight. That game cost you last night because of Dustin Martin's brilliance. Who knows where it ends up? I hate to think. Steve's on the road. What did you think about last night, Steve?
10: G'day, Um, uh, Two points, if I can. Firstly, on the game, I thought it was a really good game. Uh, I don't think the uh, final score actually reflected how close it was. Um... But on the on the Dustin Martin, mate, just gotta go back to a bit of old school. One player, our best runner, Ed Curnow, take him out for the whole game, follow him everywhere, put the pressure on at every stoppage. He's a great runner. I mean he might not get, you know, many touches, but who cares, mate? If you if you take out fifty percent of his uh Dusty's input, I reckon we win
2: last night. As he, he was the... Whatever it is, he's still going to get his 20s, probably going to kick a goal, but he's not going to be the influential player that he was if you have someone like Kerno, And if is not playing that run with role, is he really in Carlton's best team? Like, it's like the ball for me. If the ball's not playing that role, is he in the best team? I would argue the same about Kurnow. So let's not try and invent him into a different role that doesn't suit him, as we saw last night at a couple of moments that he'd like to have back. Uh, Brent is on the line. Dustin Martin dominating the discussion this morning. Your thoughts, Brent?
3: Yeah, mate. um, Look, I have good discussion. Um, Dustin's a great player and, and doesn't have many weaknesses like you talk about, but... And it's only one
11: player, I'm a Collingwood supporter, so I'll probably focus more on it, but one player seems to have worked out one of his go-to moves, which is the don't argue. Every time Collingwood play him, I see Scott Pennerbury, he doesn't go for the tackle, he goes for the arm, and, and he may not um, cause the holding the ball, but what he does is grab the arm and disrupts the kick. And, you know, that, that, that don't argue gives him space. He grabs the arm and doesn't bother for the tackle, and that disrupts his movement. So I don't understand why more people don't go to that
2: tactic. We had, we had uh, tackling practice. I said it on SENSA during the week. We had tackling practice every time we played Geelong for Selwood with that Selwood shrug, and we also had tackling practice for Dusty. Now, Dusty, when I was playing, isn't the player that he is today, but you practice it, you try and knock the arm down. It doesn't work every time, but at least there was a plan. Like, at least you're looking at the opposition. You're coming up with a plan. We'll Selwood every time he gets contact. We'll shrug. Get low, drop your hips, and get him around the waist and the chest. Don't let him do that. Same with Martin with that fend-off. I don't know if teams are doing it. You would hope so in this professional era, but certainly didn't look like Carlton had any answers for him last night. Rays in Queensland, you want to speak about that club, the Blues. Positive performance last night or not so for you, Ray? A lot of positives to take out for me,
10: Kane. Love the show, by the way. A couple of things, though. Obviously, I fully agree on the Martin point. No one's sitting on him. But I'm I'm wondering if anyone watched the grand final in the preseason game Richmond played and the effect that Jaden Short had for Richmond in the fact that how much rebound he gave Richmond last night. You'd sort of think, especially with what's happened to Carlton at times with Sam Doherty and players sitting on him, it's taken him out of the game and it's affected our rebound. We let Short do whatever he wanted last night. He had mm. over 700 metres gained again, nine rebound 50s. He just provided so
2: much drive for Richmond. It, it, it was almost infuriating to watch at times how easy it was for him. Yeah, 23, 716 metres gained again. I mean, these these halfbacks are going to have some huge numbers this year. They're going to have some big numbers. Um, and it's, it's what you're going to have. You can't stop them all, but there needs to be a team focus around that. As well, and he's one of those Richmond players that will continue to get under the guard as long as you know the likes of Edwards and Martin keep doing it. last quarter, Jack Graham. So, Richmond fans would be glad he stayed with some other clubs coming after him um, in the trade period. Get involved this morning, a lot of people wanting to have their say. So let's go to Ash, the sub rule Ash. Um, are you a fan or not? Yeah, definitely a massive fan, mate. I thought um, with two
11: big injuries we got two fresh players on the park, and that's coming from an Essence supporter. So um, I just want to see a good game of footy. And I thought when they both came on after the injuries, just really put some energy into the game. And I thought it was brilliant.
5: They should uh, keep it in.
2: Ha- Ash is happy with the sub rule. Uh, a lot of you aren't. I, I, I'm, I'm not one of those. And also the fact that it came in late the day before the game. I've got more to say about that a little bit later on with a bit of a different view on that. But when you say big injuries, not sure a knock to the knee is one of the reasons why this sub-rule was brought in. And we'll wait and see whether Vloston plays in round two. We'll quickly sneak in Matt and Frankston. G'day, Matt. G'day, mate. How are you? I'm good.
7: That's right. yeah. As a Kangaroos fan, it breaks my heart to watch stuff to get better and better every year, knowing how close we got to getting him. Yeah. Um, but but what you can play? I mean, look, it's his moments. He, he doesn't fumble. His dirty possessions stick out because they're all forward of the of the ball or forward of yep. the of his defensive um, the play. And, and he he sort of makes. Them, that's right. Yeah, that's the what I was looking for. And he makes him count. And he you know he's, he's one out situations. He never fumbles. He always takes a mark. But you watch his opponent. He can get off him, and you can you can um, you know you can if you put a, a dominant player on Dusty, um, he's not going to run with him. So. Um, but what I saw from, from last night, as a Kangaroos fan, it, North Melbourne would be absolutely mad not to throw everything at Shy Bolton. That's exactly what our team needs, and he's gettable.
2: Well, and he would be severely underpaid. You would have to assume, because I'm not sure how they pay the likes of that. So that's what that, that'll be the challenge for Richmond. They've done a pretty good job in re-signing some of the players, including Prestia and uh, Grimes, have already committed. Lost out-of-contract. He'll be a huge target for other uh, teams. And, yeah, the likes of Shy Bolton and players like that could command big bucks um, so that'll be the challenge for richmond to keep that side together i'll uh, we'll get to michelle gary daniel jez and Joshi from berwick if you don't mind how about that 17 minutes to 10 o'clock we'll do that on the other side of this 12 minutes to 10 o'clock. Bit of footy news we are going to get through. Just breaking right now. AFL.com.au's Mitch Cleary reporting. Jeremy Cameron is out of Geelong's game with Adelaide tomorrow. He has re-injured his hamstring. More details as that comes to hand this morning. But not that it's going to phase him against Adelaide, but the long-term implications for repeated soft tissue injuries that Cameron has got. Not good Geelong had a few injury concerns this preseason. So, Cats fan, Jeremy Cameron, out. Won't play his first game for Geelong against Adelaide on Saturday. And Mark Stevens from Channel 7 saying, Jack Silvani's shoulder injury could be long-term. Fingers crossed he doesn't need surgery, but no reason to doubt the 12-day rule there. Was there reason to doubt Nick Vlostens? We'll speak to Kane Lambert after 10 o'clock, his teammate, to find out how Nick pulled up with that knock to the knee. Michelle's in Queensland. What do you think about the footy being back last night,
3: Michelle? Oh, it was
10: great, okay. Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure. Reflecting on, on, your, um, on your show this morning and the constant chat about Dusty and what a great player he is, which he is. But I think if Carlton had scored their goals, I think you said it was 2-11 in the second half. If it if it wasn't two 2-11 and maybe it was 11-2, we wouldn't be
2: talking about Dusty today. Probably not, Michelle. No, I don't. Don't think we would be. I mean, Carlton, the Blues had their chances, didn't they? Um, and you know, a lot will be spoken about Harry Mackay, And he looked at one point like he's going to rip the game apart. He, he won't do that if he's you know looks as shaky in front of goal as he did last night. The, one of the first ones where he wheeled around from sort of forty five and just rushed it with a snap. Should have been a set shot. Then playing on from 10 metres out doesn't usually end well. So you're right, Michelle. Could have been a different story had they kicked straight, but they didn't. Gary's in Perth. Um, What's your thoughts this morning, Gaz?
12: Good morning, Kane. How are you, mate? I'm well, thanks. Hello. Yeah. Um, I just want a couple of points. Dustin Martin, opposition coaches should be getting their players to do uh, jiu-jitsu, not uh, boxing, so they can attack the... uh, Forearm as it comes out, or the, the uh, don't argue, and uh, yeah. yeah, Carlton's forwards, mate. They're courageous in the air, but geez, they go to water once they're uh, in range of goals. But the main point I want to make I watched the Doc and when, uh, uh, on last year. and Leon Cameron's treatment of Stephen Coniglio borders on bullying, in my point, my opinion. And if I was Steve Coniglio when I was getting in front of the leadership group and in front of the whole team. And I would have been up in Leon's grill and I'm agreeing with your boss now because I was a bit of a Leon Cameron fan. I used to show him junior footy uh, team I was coaching, how Leon's both sides, you know, he was such a gifted footballer, but mate, he's got no man management skills at all. And if I was Steve Caniglio and Leon's lucky that he didn't have my personality, I'd be up in his grill because... He never showed him how to get out of his funk. Just you know, get up on your toes. I mean, mm. please. In this modern era, I want to hear more than rah rah from a coach. Good
2: on you, you Gary. Know. Thanks for your thoughts. Um, great documentary. Uh, it didn't paint the Giants in the best light. I think they're probably the biggest losers out of it. I agree with you on that one. Daniel, Dusty Tactics, your thoughts? Hi Kane. Uh, yeah, actually, just
10: the the caller before me just brought this up. Actually, um, uh, with uh, Dusty's don't argue tactic, uh, arguably one of his best weapons in the game. Um, I've noticed uh, Elliot Yo has chopped away at that fend off arm before to to some
8: effect, and just wondering why that wouldn't be used more more often. Um, and it's just, it's just not something I see a lot of players do, but I have seen Elliot yo know, use it quite effectively. So just wondering your thoughts on that tactic and if it's something uh, opposition teams should look at implementing more often.
2: Yeah, I think they speak about it. Um, in the heat of the moment, when you've got a thundering Dustin Martin coming to you and your head's spinning, um, it, it is a hard thing to do in real time. And we can look in slow-mo and think, oh, why didn't the player do that or do that? It's, it's a tough game to play. It's physical and... He's an absolute expert at it. You, you say the same about Selwood. Why? Every time you know he's going to do that, but he still had the most head-high free kicks in the history of the game, probably, and, and a lot of them, it still keeps happening. You know what's going to happen, but unfortunately the players haven't been able to execute. Uh, it's 7 minutes to 10 o'clock, so we're going to get to Jez, Josh, Pete and Jim and Darren also in Sorrento before 10 o'clock this morning. We'll whip through those when we come back next. Oh, so many texts coming through for a mattress like no other. That's the temper text, line 0433981116. A lot of people asking my thoughts on Sam Walsh's game last night. Thought he was magnificent last night, Sam Walsh, particularly in the first half. Let's get to Jez, who's been patient. Uh, Welcome to the show, Jez.
3: G'day, Kate. How you going? Good, thanks. Just on Dusty, you know, I I totally agree with you there. I don't know why teams don't put more time in the Dusty and, you know, uh, make him irrelevant in a game. As a Pies fan, I'm pretty lucky to have Tig Greenwood on our side, who's a genuine tagger, that can go to a player and just niggle all day and go hard at him. And just also on Carlton last night, I thought there is a lot of upside to them, you know. They'll clean around the stoppages. Yeah, they made a few blues, but it is round one, and I think this young group will
4: learn from their mistakes.
2: Good points that you made. I thought they were more aggressive, Carlton, as well, which I wanted to see. Josh, can you make your point in 40 seconds, please, mate? Welcome to you.
3: G'day, mate.
8: Uh, Quickly, Harry Mackay mentally is uh, a bit soft, I reckon. I mean, he did the right thing in the first quarter there um, when he went up for that mark and knocked one of the Richmond players. I'm not sure who it was. But then after that, after he he got knocked around by a couple of players that went got after him, I think that's what played on his mind for the rest of the game.
2: not the first player to be mentally fragile in front of goals, and it's still a big issue for teams, isn't it? You know, Accuracy in front of goals. We've seen it with Joe Danaher and others losing their absolute confidence. He was that way last night. But I'd rather have him in my team than not. Choices flooring are the ultimate, giving the ultimate VIP grand final experience away. You and a mate could experience the grand final. Back shortly. Hundred days. Big show coming up. We're going to speak to the Sydney CEO Tom Harley very, very shortly. We'll also speak to Hutto, who's behind the microphone, the best in the business for Friday night footy. Collingwood taking on the Western Bulldogs. But right now, it's time for a special guest. This could be the match. Two goals to
6: Lambert and do it. He starts on the fence. He arcs around. He's kicked it magnificently. Two last quarter goals from Kane Lambert. The Tigers have made their move. They've laid down the gauntlet. They lead by 10 points.
2: (sighs) And it absolutely broke my heart. Our next guest is Kane Lambert, Richmond star. He joins me. Kane, thanks for your time this morning. No worries, Kane. Thanks for that. Thanks for the introduction, too. Still not sure about that deliberate out of bounds. But anyway, Kane, that's that's in the history books for now. Hey, mate, what was it like back in front of a crowd, your fans, the passionate Richmond faithful last night? Did you get a moment to, to reflect on the last 12 months when you ran out last night?
13: Yeah, look, to be honest, even just coming to um, Punt Road beforehand and, and walking over and, and just seeing the yellow and black and, and you know, even the Carlton supporters walk over and, and you know, people feel Swan Street and smiles on faces and, the buzz around the place it was a little bit emotional to be honest it was um it was so nice to be back there and you know I know it wasn't a full full house but it definitely felt like that and, and it sounded like
2: it as well so um it's great to have footy back in Melbourne and it was on too like it was was a really good game of footy I mean often when you're playing you don't get the sense of you know how good a game it is but they came at you they challenged you they were physical when it was a it felt like a final did it feel like that out there? Yeah, you're right, and you know, round one's always a, a,
13: a tough game, most sides are, are pretty up and about, and you know, Carlton's obviously a team that's on the improve, and they're pretty damaging too, so um, it, it was an arm wrestle, and uh, we were fortunate to play in such big games like that, and I think it holds us in good stead to come towards to the back end of the, uh, the
2: the games. Our show this morning's been dominated by the game's biggest name, Dustin Martin, uh, I'm I'm not sure why teams don't come after him a little bit more. I want to ask you that in a second. But firstly, the positive. He looks fit. He looks hungry. We've been hearing stories out of your club through the preseason of how hungry he is. And he hit the ground running. What's his preseason been like? Clearly good. Yeah, I think it's been well documented the
13: amount of, the amount of work he's put in this preseason. But you know, the thing you're most proud about Dustin, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be, be at the club for seven, eight years alongside him and just see the growth as a person, as a leader. And um, one thing that goes unnoticed about him is his ability to bring teammates into the game. We we know he stands up in critical moments, but um, he he has a huge
2: amount of humility and and he does things that uh, make people around him
13: better. And I think that's what makes him such a great player.
2: I noticed that last night. So he had six genuine score assists, direct ones. Next best on the ground was two. So every argument that he could have kicked, five or six, but he was clearly willing to bring his teammates into it are you surprised like can you take me inside your preparations say you're playing the Western Bulldogs and Marcus Bontempelli is running around how much do you focus on that or is it all just now about your system and the way that Richmond want to structure and you're not concerned about the opposition
13: uh, I wouldn't say we're, we're not concerned about the opposition but we're back in our system first and foremost but there are times where opposition players get on top of us and, and we need to actually quell their influence Um but the players like Dustin, you know, it's, it's it's a compliment to him because it's really really hard to stop. You know, he um, he's just so damaging, and um, the great thing about our system is it, it's it's beyond just the one player. Obviously, Dusty um, expresses himself in ways that's so so captivating, but he can't do what he does without the players around him, and and likewise with him. So, um, you know, it, it probably is a surprise that he doesn't get as as much as attention but maybe he actually does. He just makes it look like he's not, you know.
2: What are, what are some of those tactics? So I I understand it's not like ten years ago where you you know the tagger doesn't have a role anymore. But if if someone is getting on top, what are some of the things that you can do and you are willing to do in game and you can adjust to do that?
13: Well, I think typically it comes around you know, stopping the influence at stoppage, um, you know, to get their hands on at stoppage, or it might even go the other way and put someone a little bit more attacking and, and trying to exploit them. In that regard, I think the um, the team defenses uh, are too important for players to actually stand side by side with someone yep. and following everywhere. Um, it, it probably opens up, up too many holes. But um, I think I think there will be times where we will use that. It might be more of a, a head to head and and just try to go toe to toe with with their best players. But um, I think we back in our team defense first and foremost.
2: Kane Lambert joining us on the captain's run this morning. Another 28 disposals for him last night. Just does it week in, week out. Hey, Shai Bolton, um, he was brilliant last night. And a bit more time inside, which surprised me a bit. Uh, He's going to get under a a few opposition's guards this year like he did last night.
13: Yeah, he's a a star, Shai. And and we're going to see glimpses of of that throughout the year. And the scary thing about him is he's a dual premiership player and there's so much growth in his game. And, Mm. you know, he, he probably has the ability to... Uh, play a similar role to what Dustin does, and you know as he as his career progresses, he'll find the right mix between when when he needs to be inside or, or when he's in the forward half. So, um, you know there's a there's a group of players like Shay Bolton and you know Jaden Short, Jack Graham who we've seen play really really well last night. Noah Bolter, these are players he's got a lot of experience in, in senior footy and, and Premiership players, but their growth of their game is is so exciting. And I think they're going to—they're probably going to take a, a fairly heavy burden and, and allow people like Koch and Shane Edwards and Dylan Grimes to um, just sort of take a little bit of the backseat and, and hand over the responsibility to that group of players. So it's an
2: exciting place to be. And, um, you know, we're, we're really, um, really fortunate with the list that we got. Nine clearances for Bolton last night. Uh, I'm assuming that would be a career high. Hey, I want to speak to you about the new rules. Collingwood captain Scott Pendlebury tweeted about halfway through the game last night. He says, since we can make rule changes very quickly in our game, man-of-the-mark rule, east-west movement equals 50, north-south doesn't matter. It's about opening up the 45s. Can we have some common sense, please? What was it like experiencing the, the new stand rule for the first time in a real game? Yeah, well, you probably feel as silly as what you look when you just been yeah. standing there, and you know the
13: the guy with the ball just sort of runs past you. Um, but I think over time it'll evolve like like most rules it would be interesting to see if um you know teams try to um manage it defensively or you try to exploit it on a on an offensive sense. So um, you know the the game will evolve. I think it's obviously speed sped up the game. There's no doubt about that. It's um, you know, longer quarters, shorter rotations, and the game's quicker. It's going to be a year of uh, resilience and, and attrition. So, um, yeah, it's really important that but players recover and, and, and get ready to go again. I think, it, I, you know, I'm assuming, as you, as you said there is a really good game to watch. So I think as a spectacle, it's,
2: it's going to improve. But it'll be interesting to see what teams do. Yeah, it was great. It's good to see the players digging in late as well, clearly fatigued. Um, there was one point where... Channel 7 were sort of counting down the rotations that you had left and with about four or five minutes to go, you're, you're almost out of action. How physically taxing was it as opposed to the shortened game, shortened season last year?
13: Yeah, I think the aerobic the aerobic element was um really heightened. I think Tim has said in, the, in his post match uh, interview that Shay Bolton was experienced a, a full body cramp. So <laughs> um yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be times like that where um players just out on their feet but you've gotta find something and I think that's um I think that's good for the game and um you know, there was times last year where we wished the we wish the games were going longer and um uh, yeah, it's really gonna sort some sort some players and some teams out and um, you know, effective use of
2: our, our rotations is going to be paramount. Bit of drama. Nick, lost in your first medical sub. Hearing knock to the knee, um, can Richmond fans have an update on, on how he's pulled up perhaps today?
13: Yeah, he's just in a, at the moment getting assessed. I'm sure they'll send him in for scans. So um, we'll just have to wait and see what those scans are. It, it might be a little bit more than a knock, I'd suggest, at this stage. But um, how serious, I think we'll find out today with some scans.
2: Are you supportive of it? Paul Marsh, CEO of the AFL Players Association, said you know he doesn't necessarily like it this late. What, what's the players' collective view on it, and the re- and and why it did come in so late?
13: Oh, look. To be honest, it's a little bit difficult for me to comment. It, it, it sort of come in one or two days before our round one class, so I hadn't really had much time to think about it. I'm sure, like many rules, it's you know teams are going to look to exploit it at some way, but I'm. Um, you know, I think the parameters in place to, to avoid that. Uh, we seen last night that it was it was obviously needed, whether or not it happens every game, I'm not too sure. But um yeah, it's gonna be challenging for the players who um end up playing sub, you know, whether or not they do it. Um for a few weeks in a row, I'm not too sure. it, it is a you know, it's hard enough being an emergency, let alone being a sub mm. not knowing if you're gonna play. But um, you know, all these decisions are are there to make the game better. So I think we've got to give it a chance at least.
2: Do you ever speak about three in a row or not? Oh, not not particularly,
13: Kane. We um you know, we we are a process driven team and it's probably this time of year you realise what a marathon the season is and, and how far away, you know, September football is. And, you know, just because of our achievements in the past three or four years, it, it doesn't entitle us to anything this year. And, you know, if we get caught up in, in what may happen, we'll lose focus on the moment and and probably not enjoy ourselves. So you know, I think our experience tells us that it's more about the day-to-day stuff and the connections and the relationships and friendships we make more so than, you know, the the silverware.
2: But from what we've seen, the hunger's clearly there. I mean, that that's the biggest challenge, I think. When you've been to where you've been, maintaining that hunger in a really close competition when Brisbane and Port Adelaide are coming and Geelong and West Coast are still around the mark, it doesn't appear from the outside you've lost any of that. No, nah,
13: we haven't lost any hunger. There's no doubt about that. But I think the, the positive thing for us is, uh, you know, the boys just love the process of, of getting better and, and challenging ourselves to do that, and, and where that takes us. You know, hopefully it's um, to the success at the end of the season. Um, but that's a long way away.
2: Good on you, mate. You've got a long day's break. you got 10, which must feel like an absolute lifetime considering you turned it around in three to four days last year. What's on for this week? Rest early and get some training later on in the week, I guess? Yeah, they're really good, the club. They've given us a few days off to um, you know, rest and recover. I think we've got
13: a, a, um, a pretty decent block of, of shorter turnarounds with the six days. So uh, we'll make the most of the, the next few days, watch a lot of footy and, and mm. see how the, um, the game progresses.
2: You're a star, mate. We really appreciate you giving us your time and, and speaking to the Richmond fans this morning and good luck for the rest of the year. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate the kind words. Round two, Richmond take on Hawthorne at the MCG. Hope 36 is our number if you're listening to us on SENSA in Adelaide. It is 10 minutes to 10. One of our favourites on this show, I haven't spoken to him for a while, is the Sydney CEO, Tom Harley. The Swans going up to the Gabba to take on the Lions on Saturday night. Tom, thanks so much for your time.
1: No, thanks for having me, Kane. Good to chat.
2: What's the preseason been like? Exciting with a few of these youngsters getting their first opportunity to strut their stuff in a Swans jumper.
1: Yeah, it has been, Kane. It's been um I think I mean we don't have to revisit what the competition went through last year, but um from a Swans perspective, we had a really positive hub experience which was which was great. We've had a young developing team and um we've made some significant change to the to the football department, so a couple of tweaks to the coaching program and uh, high performance and medical team, and obviously brought in some really talented kids that um, have uh, had really good summers, and they've all absolutely earned their uh, their spot in the round one team to take on the Lions next week. And um, you know we've uh, we we're, we're optimistic about where we're going. We're certainly not underestimating the task at hand tomorrow night um, against the against the Brisbane Lions. But um, you know we've had a good summer. Um, there's good sentiment around the club. Um, You know, a relatively healthy list, which is a a good change for us at this time of year, and uh, looking forward to seeing what uh, how the season unfolds for us.
2: You touched on the changes to your medical staff and your coaching staff, and I want to speak about Don Pike and his impact in a second. Mm -hmm. Are you concerned Mm -hmm. with the soft cap and reduction? Some teams, eleven club doctors, have left roles that they've been Mm -hmm. in, which is such an important role, as you know. But now we're asking doctors yeah. to do more. They have a really important yeah. game day vital role. Is that a concern for you or not?
1: Yeah, look, we, we, we made a change in our um, chief medical officer. Uh, we're fortunate in the sense that we've got a strong relationship with a, a clinic just next door to the SDG. So our previous doctor, Dr. Tom Cross, um, has stepped down and Dr. Eddie and Dupree and Sharon Flaher have come across while still in the same, same clinic. So that's been a bonus. But you're absolutely right, I think. Um, look, we all understand the the, the reasons for the soft-cap cuts. Um, look, from a personal view, and I, I've, I've expressed this, I think the cuts were uh, a little too dramatic at the first mm. instance, particularly in those areas, Kano. when you know you've got club doctors who, they're not full-time but in, a, in an hour's sense or a wage yeah. sense, if you like, but they're certainly full-time in, in uh, accessibility for the players. And, um, and that's uh, when you've got professionals who have other professional commitments outside your footy club, uh, you can't cut there. So that, that's a, that's mm. clearly a learning. So, uh, yeah, look, concerned, um, getting on with it, but uh, certainly I think a, a period of review during this season would be well called for.
2: So what did the AFL say to the likes of you and other CEOs and, and chairmen and presidents across the competition mm. when, when you express those concerns? How far away are we from edging back closer to... No, perhaps where we were.
1: Yeah, it's a good, it's a really good question, Kane. I think, I think to where we were, I'm not sure it'll get to those levels in a hurry. Um, uh, I think there'll be a, still a pretty significant financial impact. I know certainly at the Swans, we're we're feeling a the um, flow on effect in 2021 from 2020, which was really challenging. Um, but there is a willingness um, and a, a, I guess, an understanding that the. Clubs will feed back to the AFL on on what we're experiencing um, six months in, and, and we're not. I guess the thing, the thing is that um, everything was so new, and you know, we, we the, the cuts were so drastic, um, and all clubs did a, a mountain of work to get there. Um, and I think you're just sort of starting to find out what that means. And some of some some areas are thinking, oh no, no that's okay. I think we're we, we're going okay, but. Certainly when it comes to medical care, welfare, support, well-being, making sure that we've got the best athletes doing the amazing things that we all want to see on the park. Um, We want to make sure that we're still an employer of choice for for those professionals. How do you expect your
2: coaches to cope? Because as you know, as demanding as ever been, an assistant coach particularly Mm. because of the hours you put in, they're Mm. about to start travelling away from their families every second week and doing more than they've ever done for less. Mm. How are they holding up?
1: Look, I, I think um, we're, we're really fortunate. We've got um, some really experienced coaches in our group, um, and we made a, a very strategic decision to um, retain and also target coaches who um, have not, uh, are exceptional at their job and have multi-skills. And, and uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head at being asked to do more with less. So I think the real pain point, came, um, which uh, for the, I guess... Uh, the clubs outside of the of South Australia and Western australia the clubs that are playing in the VFL um, once the reserves competition kicks into gear um, mm. and a lot of the staff you know whether it's footy i t um, which is your, your stats and your vision um, or your development arm your reserves coaching and development coaches just got to be mindful that uh, you know they're, they're not twenty four seven around the clock um, and I think you know we we played in a similar sort of hurricane when uh, assistant, coaches started to um, become very specific, and you had each assistant coach was designated to a line, and then the development department came in. It, it, it looks a bit like footy clubs look back in the sort of mid two thousands, where uh, you, you know you've got the three designated line assistant coaches, and they're looking after the entire squad, as opposed to say the first or four year players being hived off to a, a well resourced development arm. So um, look, it's as I say, I think I think we need some. Uh, some time to assess uh, where those pain points are, but I certainly do envisage once the reserve season really gets up and running, um, we'll be clear on that.
2: Geelong champion and now Sydney CEO Tom Harley joining us this morning. Tom, are you supportive of the medical sub?
1: Oh look, look, I am. I, I, I think um, I'm not one to typically get outraged, Kane. Um, mm. But I, I think the way the way it came about was obviously very quick. Um, one thing we did learn last year was that we're more um, able to adapt and change than perhaps we thought we were as a as a competition and um, no better example of that now that the rules have been changed uh, with regard to the start of the day before the season um, you know it'll be interesting to see how it plays out I thought it played out to good effect last night with um, Sylvani and Plosten. Um I thought that worked okay um, you know I was having conversations uh, internally that you know if if I was asked for a personal opinion not a Swan's opinion just go back to the sub um as it was um and I think that would alleviate comments around gamesmanship etc and, and allow the coaches to make a tactical sub if that was the case um but uh, look I'm, I'm supportive of it and what I saw last night I thought it was beneficial for the game just
2: an update on a couple of your more important players I, I had a look that uh Isaac Heaney sat down with Mark McGowan I think Mark works for the Herald Sun he came up to yep. Sydney for for a day or so yeah. and He's still he's still a bit sore with his ankle. He only played six games. He's never fully been able to get a, a good run at it. Um, yeah. The upside is massive. Are, are you concerned? How is he?
1: No, he's good, um, Kane. It was a significant injury. Um, uh, the surgery. <laughs> he, he shared it pretty graphically on social media, mm. which um, I don't follow Isaac, but I will certainly uh, <laughs> I've seen I've seen the post. But it was a it was a major injury. And I think one of the things um, you know Isaac's a Sydney boy. He's, out of the, I guess, the Melbourne bubble, if you like, from the spotlight, he's a he's a tough bugger. Um, and to your point, I think you're right. Uh, he hasn't had a great or a 100% uninterrupted run pretty much his whole career because he plays hurt a lot. Um, he's an absolute pro. The recovery, he didn't go into the hub last year. He focused very much on getting the immediate post-op recovery right, which he's, which he's done. Um, he's had a really good summer, and the fact that he was able to get the two Amy games in and then... Probably a month of competitive training prior to that was, was good. Now, look, he's got an insatiable appetite to work. Um, he'll just need to read his body, and we'll need to read him to ensure that we don't overload him. But um, we expect him to get better as the season goes. And he's, he's a very classy, one-touch player, and I think that's the most important part, that he's been able to pick that up pretty quickly. But certainly a watch, but, um, but uh, very confident that uh, that he'll he'll get through that and have a really productive season.
2: He's a star. Um, I love the Sydney song. It's an absolute ripper. You've just made a slight tweak. Now, instead of, uh, instead of singing her loyal sons, the Swans will now sing while our loyal swans are marching onwards. Mm-hmm. To Vic, to read, take us through um, the choice to just tweak your words.
1: I'm glad I'll just take you through as opposed to sing it, Um <laughs> but the... Uh... <laughs> Um, it, it became really obvious. We've, we've uh, this year, launched um, the top end of our Youth Girls Academy in under-17s and 19s, and the first week they played a competitive game, so in effect, our first Swans women's or girls team that played, we knocked off the Giants, and they sang the song, and our uh, her loyal sons, it was a bit jarring, sung by a team of women, um, mm. and the conversation really started there, and it became really painfully obvious, and Discussed it at board level. We uh, we road tested a couple of um, a couple of other options uh, to replace Suns with, um, and Swans made a lot of sense. That's who we are. Um, it matches our aspiration of where we're going to be a complete club with an AFLW team down the track, um, and it's just the right thing to do. So it's been really well received. We we even make a huge song and dance about it. The chairman mentioned it at the AGM last night, and we we followed up with a, a great little story with the Kirks um, and. Um, like anything, if uh, you know one of the greatest bloods of all time, Brett Kirk, and he's got uh, girls in the academy, and if we can, mm. if we can all sing the one song, um, that's a good thing. And mate, to be honest, just want to be singing because that means we're winning games of footy. So uh, exactly, looking forward
2: to that. It makes a lot of sense to me. Hey, before we let you go, how's membership tracking? And for all the Sydney Swans supporters mm. listening to us in Melbourne today, how do they get their, their memberships? And, and how do they sign up?
1: Yeah, I no, thanks for that opportunity, Kane. Um, straight to the website, membership um, sydneyswans.com.au. Look, we're, tra- we're tracking okay. We retained 98% of our members once the season stopped last year. Um, we've got a huge propensity, of a, a huge proportion of our membership base that see the reserve seat or the ticket to the game as the primary reason. So now that we've got, hopefully, as soon as next week, 100% capacity of the SCG, we've got the six games in Melbourne. Um, we need our members more than ever, like all clubs, and, and we're extremely fortunate. So... Um, we've just ticked over 40,000. Uh, we're hoping to get to the level we had last year and beyond. Um, but I, I, if I can put out a call to action to all the uh, the Sydney Swans and South Melbourne blood supporters out there to, to jump online and, and, and fulfil your membership, redeem your membership, uh, because we need you more than ever. And we're so unbelievably grateful for the support that we've had uh, over the past 12 months.
2: And such an exciting group coming through. Three debutantes this weekend. Tom, we're just about out of time. How's that? I didn't even ask you about Buddy Franklin.
1: <laughs> but I'll give you a quick runner. He, he's, he's training well. He's in full competitive. Um, so hopefully he's not too far away. And, and footy's better when Buddy's playing.
2: Absolutely. Good luck for the season, mate. Appreciate your time. <laughs> Thanks,
1: See You See
2: mate. T- Tom Harley, the CEO of the Sydney Swans, looking forward to... 21 minutes to 11 o'clock. Time now for you to have your say. We have lines available. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number... Um, and Mark is in Swan Hill. We were dominating the program with callers on Dustin Martin and my frustrations over the tactics used against him. Mark, do you have a view? Welcome to the show.
10: Yeah, I do. I just think you get a little frustrated when you talk about Dusty, And you just don't bring up the fact that, yeah, you can say, oh, I'll just put Kerner, Kerner on him the whole game and only kick a goal. But if Dusty's not feeling it for heart and quarter of he'll just go sit full forward one hour and kick six on him.
6: Like the problem is, if he's not like to admit it, we just go sit forward and beat ninety percent of the like money in defenders. So yeah, yeah. No, in the transition I, I, is where he loses.
2: I understand that, but we all know what he's going to do. Like we've got we've got smart coaches whose full time job is to work out how to beat the opposition, and no one has come up with anything, or, or, or worse still, tried anything. Is is the bigger criticism and. I get that if he gets Kerno, he'll go sit at full forward, like he did with Levi Greenwood. And I think Greenwood did a pretty good job in him in the midfield. Um, a game a year or two ago, Martin went forward and kicked three. I get that. But surely there's a plan to stay with him until he can hand over to Sam Doherty or whoever it is, whatever matchup you want to come up with. But more so, put some physical pressure on him. Try and disrupt him. Get him angry. Getting him giving free kicks away. Physically take gas out of him. So he doesn't end up with 12 disposals in the last quarter when the game's on the line like he did last night. Do something. Please do something. Because at the moment, the attitude is like yours, that, oh, no, he'll just do this and then he'll go for It's too hard. It's not too hard. Give me something. Try something would be my response to that, Mark. Janine's on the line. Uh, you're a Carlton supporter, Janine. Were you glass half full or empty after last night?
10: Oh, no, I'm not Carlton. No, no, oh, no. Kane, wash your mouth out. Oh, it says no,
12: Carlton L- supporter
10: on my screen. Lifetime, oh. No, lifetime Richmond supporter, 15-year member. Just wanted to take umbrage with the Carlton caller, the lady you had before the 10 o'clock news. You said, oh, look, if Carlton had kicked straight. Well, the same mm-hmm. could go for Richmond. We had 30 We had thirty scoring shots for Carlton's 25. So, you know, you could... You could Take it either way. Don't get me wrong. I think Carlton have uh, they played really well. They pushed us all the way. Um, but if we kick straight, the game might have been over earlier too. So, you know.
2: A lot of, Yeah, well, a lot of, lot of what-ifs is in there. When you're looking at positives, and that's what I was trying to do from a Carlton perspective, they had a lot of momentum in that third quarter and they missed four shots from inside 30 metres. And they also had two goals kicked against them from 50-metre penalties and some other things that, you know, if you're looking at a positive, you know, I can find six, seven goals and a couple of their horrific turnovers that cost them. So if I was looking positively, which I am for Carlton, because I think they're going to improve, that's the way I would look at it. But I get it. It works both ways. Swings and roundabouts, as they say. Michael is in SA. Hello to you, Michael. Uh, G'day, Cain. Loud and clear, mate. You're on.
7: Yeah, g'day. G'day, Cain. It's on Matt.
2: Oh, it's got, we're having a bit of trouble. We're having a bit of trouble with my screen. It's, uh, it's Malcolm, of exactly. course. I know you well, Malcolm. What do you think about uh, the yes. footy last night? And, and Benny Lyons just apologising for uh, getting your name no, on. No, I'll, I'll throw him under the bus.
7: That's no, not a problem. Oh, yet again, I've made this point to you before, Kane. I don't get over how players don't do written exams on the rules. The Carlton guy gave away the 50 for the encroachment area. Is just dumb not knowing the rule inside out. So, we again, we'll practice 100 hours for me trying to palm the ball down your throat but not know the rules inside out. You know, it's a full-time job and it's meant to be professional. I don't get players not knowing it, knowing the rules. Yes, Liam Jones may be not understanding that, but even then, that should be a case of just know it inside out. I just once
2: yeah. Once the umpire tells you to stand, you then cannot move sideways or forwards and backwards. You're right, and they should know the rules. In their defence, I guess some of these rules come in really late, and they've only had sort of two pre-season games to get their heads around it in real time, and pressure builds, but there is really no excuse, Malcolm. You're right, I agree with you. John's in Geelong. G'day, Johnny. Johnny's just not there at the moment. We'll get back to John very, very shortly. Yep. Ryan, oh, Johnny, I do have you, mate. You want yep. to speak about Dustin Martin?
5: Yeah, yep, yep. Hey, I'm there. just um, wanted to speak about,
7: um, you are talking about the tactics for Dustin Martin. I have a little bit of a rugby league background, and I know with AFL, you know, the rules stipulate you can tackle anywhere um, from the shoulder down basically to the knees. It always amazes me that with Dustin Martin's like, upper body strength that they always... Try and go for him around. He's got that famous "don't argue," but you rarely see blokes going for his thighs. And I understand that people say, "Well, then he gets the handball away." Mm. But I'd much rather Dustin Martin handballing 30 times a game than you know kicking 30 times a game forward of centre. I just don't see any, as you said, like no coach has seen or have tried anything
2: different yet. See, this is the innovation I want. Uh, John, take take something away from him. You're not going to take it all away from him. So attack his thighs and make sure he can't run away and then kick the ball 65 metres down the ground. He had 19 kicks last night, nearly 700 metres gained. I'd rather like you, Martin, handballing than kicking. It's it's a tactic that we haven't seen. Come up with something, please, before I absolutely lose my mind. Good on you, Johnny. Good suggestion. I'll share a story a tactic that we used against um Patrick Dangerfield one time when I was still playing, Dangerfield absolutely flying at, at one point. And whilst you're not going to fully be able to tag Patrick Dangerfield out of the out of the game, he had what he did have this tactic at uh, ball ins where he was ball ups, I should say, where he was running this same route every time. So the instruction was for me to sort of be on his back shoulder and then a young Ollie Wines at the time to come from a different position and not even worry about the ball, just run smack bang into Dangerfield as he was getting the ball off hands. And it was something. It was a tactic. And I think it was um, in a showdown that we did it. Wines runs into him, bangs heads with him, and all of a sudden um, Dangerfield's off with the blood rule. Big win. Big tick. Well done, young Ollie Wines. I thought, geez, that's impressive from a young player to do that on Patrick Dangerfield. They're the types of things that I just don't see happening um, with Dustin Martin. No physicality. No roughing him up. Nothing at all. But I'm not going to bang on about it. Ryan wants to speak about the sub rule. Do you like it, Ryan? Oh, g'day, Kane. Yeah, look, I
6: I just
7: want to... talk about the sub rule how it's been rushed through has this gone through the rules committee because the way it's going, you know, Steve Hawking's agreed to a half baked idea that's caused so many other issues and he's and he's changing the rules all the time. Like I spent a lot of time playing and then umpiring football. I mean it'd be frightening to umpire a game now there's so many rule changes year after year after year. I mean what's what's gonna be next as far as the guy standing on the mark, I mean if a if the guy was running around, it's play on anyway. Like, they just let guys with the ball, run 10 metres sideways, and then they sort of saying, oh, we've got, to, we've got to free up the game. But it's, it's just penalising a guy that's trying to defend in the first place. It, to me, the whole game seems to just constant
5: change. Change this to fix this and change this to fix this and change this to fix this.
2: Saw a terrific tweet last night. Someone said the sub rule is brought in so everyone whinges about that and forgets how bad the stand rule is. I thought, well done to the person. I wish I knew your name because I'd credit you. I thought it was very clever. Denise is on the line. Dustin Martin. Denise, your thoughts? Well, I'm a listening
9: supporter, so, you know, I've got no alliances. Mm -hmm. But if you were to put a player on Martin, sort of just one player that would be with him everywhere and when, he, when that player went in you have your next closest player come up and double team Martin. He hates it when there's two of them there. He, you can see it on his face and that way you've got a chance of getting the ball and um, hopefully not leaving too big a hole
2: in the rest of the team. And it's but. it's it's reasonable. It's the, it's the sort of the one I just shared with with Dangerfield. So it doesn't look like two players are on him at the time. But if you time that player to collect them on the way through, then he almost is double team, and he still win the footy. Like he still go after and win the footy is the opposition. But I just want to see an innovative coach do something, and I haven't seen it. Wayne is on the line. What do you think of the footy last night, O? Yeah.
7: Get out, Kane. I thought the game was great last night. Great season opener and uh, very hard-fought game. I think I, I just, I, I don't bury for either side. I'm not aligned a to any of them. But um, I, I thought Carlton copped, the, you know, like a few rough decisions that didn't go their way and uh, and, and went against them. Like the rust behind, I, you know, like, I don't know. I just,
4: I just thought they were a bit stiff.
2: They were a bit stiff. I thought they were on the end of a couple of dodgy ones. Every team's gonna get them, no doubt about it. Ten minutes to eleven o'clock. Plenty more coming up on the captain's run through until twelve o'clock. Stick around.
11: Servicing starts from just 2.49 for passenger vehicles and 3.49 for commercial vehicles. All bookings include guaranteed next day booking. Book online, Melbourne LMTT
3: LMCT triple one nine two four.
1: On SEM,
2: the captain's run with Kane Corns. Six minutes to 11 o'clock. The Melbourne Rebels are back and they're going to play tonight against New South Wales Waratahs at Amy Park. Tickets are available from Ticketek. One of their biggest stars joins us on the show. Richard Hardwick, nicknamed Dickie. Dickie, thanks for your time.
4: Uh, thanks for having me on, Kane. Hey, under- I
2: understand, appreciate it. I understand last year was disrupted like every sport was is this season looking more normal for you for you guys
4: yeah last year was uh was an interesting interesting one been on the road for most of it um the beginning of this year was a little bit disruptive but uh we we are looking forward to having four four home games and a run here at home so that's going to be really good for uh the mental state of a lot of the players so it's going to be exciting
2: so playing in front of crowds, I guess yeah, in Melbourne you haven't done that for a long time, clearly.
4: No, something like three hundred and seventy-eight days or something like that uh, since we've been back in um, front of the crowd in Melbourne. Um, so we're, we're really excited to come down and play. There's a, there's actually a handful of players that have never played at Amy Park and have been around our team for a couple of years now, which is which is scary to think.
2: That is scary to think. It's going to be amazing and great to see they get a good run of it of four in a row. Hey, uh, I'm sensing a the bit of a South African accent. Uh, what's your story and how did you arrive in Melbourne and in Australia?
4: Um, so I was born in Namibia. Uh, my parents brought me across to Perth when I was eight. Um, I grew up and I did most of my rugby in Perth. And then in 2018, I moved over to Melbourne um, and I've been playing here, this is my fourth season with the guys here. And uh, it's it's been awesome to see how we've been building through those four years, those four seasons, and um, getting some uh, really big accomplishments for the Melbourne Rebels. And we're hoping to uh, take the big cup this year. So you fell in
2: love as an eight-year-old or younger, uh, the other side of the world. You've come across to Perth. Did you... It's easy to get influenced as a child, as your mates are playing Aussie rules or cricket or whatever it is. You maintain the love of, of union clearly. Yeah, was that difficult as a young kid?
4: Um, no, I don't think it was difficult. Um, coming from Africa, main sport is uh rugby, and then in Perth, there's so many Africans, so it's basically <laughs> home away from home <laughs> over there. So, um I ended up playing a whole bunch of sports um when I came over here I played AFL, I played soccer, I played cricket, played rugby. Um and then my dad was and my dad and mum were like, mate, you need to decide. We can't carry carrying on taking four kids to different sports. Uh you need to pick um what you want to do. Some in a winter sport and then obviously I, I was like, nah, I'm I'm going to stick to rugby here. Mm.
2: And and I you're an Aussie. You, it was awesome. you, well, it's brilliant. You, you you're an Aussie now you you've played for the wallabies as well so was are you, are you a passionate australian now have, have we got you
4: oh 100% i uh, told my i told my parents um when i started supporting south africa was when i put the the gold jersey on that was i've made my first uh appearance uh when i was 18 in the the junior wallaby squad so i was from then you, turned to 17 years old I was supporting Australia and everything everything to do with Australia it's an, it's an awesome country and it's given me a great opportunity so um, I definitely want to give back you know
2: love that now I'm looking at your your dimensions 183 centimeters so six foot you weigh 102 kilograms you'd make a nice AFL midfielder is it too late clearly
4: to convert you to AFL I think those guys run too much for my life. <laughs> but
3: <laughs> uh, uh, good man, well,
4: run away from you. So I'd rather have the contact coming directly yeah, down my channel.
2: <laughs> but if if you got a hold of them, you'd smash them. So that 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 would be a bit frightening for them. Hey mate, great to have you guys back in action, and looking forward to chatting with you throughout the year. Good luck tonight when you take on New South Wales, and we'll be following your your progress closely this
4: year. I really appreciate it, mate. Thank you very much for having us on.
2: The Melbourne Rebels are on tonight against the Waratahs. Premiership hero, Kane Lambert. We also spoke to Sydney Swans CEO, Tom Harley, took a bunch of your calls and read out a lot of your text messages and took your reaction to the footy last night. Still plenty of time to do that with heaps of talking points coming up in the next hour or so. Our next guest will be behind the microphone for Friday Night Footy. The best in the business calling the game tonight with Jared Whateley, Jared Healy, and Jordan Lewis on from six o'clock Melbourne time. I'm not sure there's a better team on radio than that one. And leading it is my next guest, Anthony Hudson. Hutto, have I got you there? Welcome. You've got me, Kano.
11: How, how are you? The old volcano? How's it, how's it flowing today? So yeah, the,
2: vol- the volcano's a bit upset. I had, uh, I had Mark give me a call a little bit earlier and say, Kane, you just need to calm down. And it's not not the first time I've been told that. Hado, I, I don't get why someone hasn't come up with something for Dustin Martin. Like, like give no. me—I don't—I don't care if it doesn't work. Just give me something.
11: I'm in your camp on this. I must admit, I heard you at the top of the show. Um, there has to be better ways. There just has to be. And I—I've I, I, discussed this with clubs at times. And I, Nick Nick Robertson, remember he, he got under his skin that day. Going that's that's right. going back. Like he doesn't even play anymore. That's going back four <laughs> years ago, and and it really got dusty. It, it it got under his skin, and no one really. I mean, they half tried it a few since you mentioned De Boer did the good job. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. It's it, it is frustrating. But what a gun! I mean, he really just separates Richmond from any other team. He's done it on the biggest stage so many times, and he did it again last night. So. You've just got to I uh, 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 totally share what you say, but at the same time, you've just got to recognise what, what a champion he is.
2: I've seen the ads for uh, KO and Fox Footy, I'm <laughs> assuming as well, with yourself calling Dusty, going to bed and doing some ironing. Did you get a chance to have a chat to him? What, what sort of character oh, he is and how much have you had to do with him?
11: Uh, look, I haven't had a lot to do with him before then. and I, I was still equally just fascinated by him by the end of it. We spent most of the day filming that ads, as you know, they take a bit of time. He mm. was he was delightful. He was really, really good to work with, and he's got a good, slight sense of humour, and, um, you know, you do a 400 different takes, so we were, you know, giving it to each other and Cam Munster a bit as the day went on, but, yeah, I'm still, still fascinated in him, and, um, you know, he, he's not a massive one for small talk, but we, we, mm. had, we had a few, few few chats, and he was interested in, in, in me and, and other people that were on the set, so I got, yeah, nothing but uh, praise for him, personally and um but yeah when I was I was standing on the edge of the bed next to the bed when he was shooting that scene in the bed and uh I was like almost like trying to take a sneaky photo just to show my Richmond that you know how close I am to Dusty because he he's and I said mate you've got us all fooled you don't talk and we're all mystified by you and um sort of breaks all the rules in a way and I noticed he did the post-match interview and he did the interview with Nick during the week so um, maybe he's gonna talk a little bit more, but um mm. he's a fa- he's a figure of fascination and to hear how keen and excited he is about the about playing still it's pretty scary, isn't it, for everybody else?
2: It is scary, frightening. Um let's move on because for me calling with the biggest story of twenty twenty one. Are they the biggest story for you?
11: Well, I don't know. I, I... I'm, I'm equally fascinated in both teams tonight. I mean, Collingwood last year. This time, I said it, I reckon it was just before the Essendon game. The timing couldn't have been worse. I think Collingwood, I said, I think Collingwood are as well-placed as any team <laughs> for 2020 and beyond. It felt like yeah. their list was well set up. That they. I mean, obviously, we didn't know all the salary cap issues that were going on. You know, they played good footy at the start of last year. And then after that, you know, they lost Jeremy Howe. And, they, and, you know, the season, I know they made the finals, but... And they had that great win in the in the um, in the match against West Coast, but then got smashed by Geelong. The big queries over their forward line still. What, talk about them being the big story of the year. And obviously the, the question mark over Nathan Buck. But mm. for me, Brody Grundy. What, what sort of what, what are we going to get from Brody? Is he going to go mm. back to what he was tw- twelve months ago, or is he going to be more like last year? If he goes back to what he was like before last year, then that's a you know that that. that with Howe coming back, um, uh, even despite the fact that they've you know, lost Jalore and Phillips and so forth, they, they could still be a force. But um, I, I don't know how you can have real confidence in them kicking winning scores. It's still That's still a great unknown as to how they're going to do that for mine.
2: And what about the Western Bulldogs? It hasn't been great since 2016. The record's poor. It's less than 50-50. They don't really have an excuse with the midfield that they've got. Luke Beveridge has made some statements at selection with Johansson missing out for this game tonight. How do you view them?
11: Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Taylor Gerrard preferred over Jason Johnson. There'll be There'll be reasons for that, obviously, but that is it, it does seem curious. I think Stefan Martin makes a big difference to them. I yes, really yeah. think that, that's, that that he does just he's exactly what they need. I don't think we can underestimate trying to how difficult it is to fit all those midfielders in and work out where they should go. It's great to say you've got ten great midfielders, but it, you know what they're like, honey. you know it better than anyone. They all want to play in the midfield. So mm. Geelong had that trouble two or three years ago when Ablett came in and you yeah, had Dangerfield and um uh and, and Selwood and they, you know, put Selwood out on the wing. Like it's not it's not it sounds like a good problem to have, but sometimes it's not. So Uh, But, you know, DeBont, he looked awesome in the preseason. Lipinski looks like he's really come on another level. And so to me, it probably comes down to getting that midfield balance right and then whether Bruce and Norton can work as a a forward combination.
2: Yeah, well, that's going to be intriguing as well. And you're right, when the Cats had Duncan and Kelly and Selwood and Dangerfield, it was an Ablett then came across. So interesting. We'll wait and see how that dynamic works. Looking forward to it. Hey, big signing as well. Uh, not a young man, but a man who's very good at what he does and been around for a long time. Jared Healy joining the team tonight.
11: Yes, uh, I, I'm excited about this. I've mean, worked mm. with Jared for a long time, and um, yeah, as you said, he's great because he can talk about anything in footy. He can talk across the issues on and off the field, and obviously a Brownlow medalist. So um, obviously Hutchie found some big dollars to lure him across to Friday night football and join Geordie, <laughs> who will bring the contemporary. Uh, Apart from a from a you know, recently retired player and he, he was great last year, so um yeah, looking forward to the Jared's times too and uh and geordie and, and bring everyone all the action on friday night
2: oh uh, there's a vacant seat at channel seven. you are you going to put your hand up for bruce's role what what's the latest there?
11: oh I don't think there is any latest there you <laughs> know uh, i, had
2: to, I had I'm to happily ask.
11: Enscon- happily, enscon- happily ensconced at fox footy at the moment mate so that's uh very happy there indeed.
2: Good. I would have been negligent if I didn't ask. Hey, mate, look forward to hearing it tonight <laughs> and speaking to you throughout the year. Appreciate your time this morning.
11: Thank you, mate. Look, looking forward to it. I'm a bit peeved about Jeremy Cameron doing his hamstring again. I must admit I'm calling that game tomorrow. That was going to be the focus of our, of our uh, coverage, uh, Hawk and Cameron. And it's, uh, it's a bit disappointing from a Geelong point of view as well. But hey, those injuries are going to play a massive part, aren't they, this year?
2: Absolutely, thanks Hutto. The team tonight: Jared Waitley, Anthony Hudson, Jared Healy, Jordan Lewis. The best in the business on air from six o'clock. And for those Geelong fans just tuning into the program, it has just been reported—I don't know about an hour ago by Mitch Cleary on afl.com.au—that Jeremy Cameron is out with a hamstring injury. So you would think second reoccurrence of that this preseason, it's it's probably a good four weeks minimum. I would have thought. Let's talk some NBL. I've I've absolutely loved the NBL season this year. I think they've done a magnificent job. And at the top of the tree is Melbourne United. And our next guest, Melbourne United star and former Duke University captain, if you don't mind. Jack White joins us. Jack, thanks for your time, buddy.
14: Uh, No worries, fellas. Good morning.
2: Oh, frustrating year for you. Um, Team's flying, but you got smashed by my 36ers and Tony Crocker um how's the finger what's the latest and when can we expect to see you back
14: yeah um obviously a bit unfortunate there but you know all part of the game um it is what it is it happens but um yeah the finger's is coming along really well um actually actually three weeks uh post-op today so um probably ahead of schedule at the moment um from what i've been told from the hand specialists and our physios and whatnot but um progressing nicely um, you know, beginning to you know shoot and handle the ball more and more each and every day now. So, getting closer and closer. I don't have an exact date for when I'm going to be back, but um, yeah, itching to get back out there with the fellas.
2: It was one of the more gruesome injuries we've seen. What's your initial reaction when you look down and you see your finger pointing sideways?
14: Um, it was a bit of a shock, to be honest. Um, I was kind of face down on the ground and just kind of taking my time getting up initially, just because of the fall. But at that At that moment in time, I actually didn't know that I'd hurt my finger at all. I guess just the adrenaline going through my body and and whatnot shielded that. But, yeah, I turned around and saw a bit of blood, and I was like, oh, it's not good, and saw my finger, and I thought, oh, it's definitely not good. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I was lucky that we were able to, I guess, get on top of it as soon as possible and put it back in place and um, head straight to the hospital and, and get it sorted. So I was very thankful for our team doc and everyone involved in you know, helping me get that sorted um as soon as possible. So out of a bad situation I have a lot to be um thankful for in that part.
2: Were you disappointed in the action from Crocker? Did you think it was a little bit
12: dirty?
14: Um, initially I did, but um after watching it back not at all. Um, you know, especially playing the NBL Cup, you know, you're playing to win each quarter and um, you know, any other game I would have just caught the ball and dribbled it out but you know, we had a chance to get an extra um half a point or a point. Um, at that point so that's why I went for it and I guess what kind of made the fall as bad as it was was just I didn't really see him coming at all and he actually made a really good play at the ball Um, it was more just kind of um, more me just not expecting the contact and that was what kind of caused the fall so unfortunate there but yeah as I said you know all part of the game and um, you know no um, no hard feelings towards him you know it's part of the game it's his job and um, yeah just got to move forward from it
2: Melbourne United's Jack White joining us on the show this morning. Melbourne United sitting on top, but it is close. I mean, from first to fourth, there's only one game separating the rest of the competition. Jack, I'm fascinated by the college system um, in the U.S., if you don't mind me asking, and and Duke being the absolute behemoth that it is in your time there. What was it like, and and how does the standard of the NBL compare to college ball over there?
14: Yeah, well... First and foremost, it was just an incredible experience. It was always a dream of mine since I was a younger kid to go over to the States and, and play college troops and um, yeah, kind of lived up to that height for me. It was, it was unbelievable, especially being at a place like Duke, um, where the athletics and academics are at such a high level that um, you know it just makes you um, better in those um, in those areas naturally. Um, and then yeah, obviously coming back to the NBL, um, I knew the league was heading in, in a great direction and improving every year. Obviously, we have another team coming in next year in, in Tassie. Um, but, yeah, this year coming back, it's just been so much fun. And, um, and yeah, just exciting to be able to play um, at home again for me, being in Australia. And, um, you know, the level of competition is elite. You know, we've got former NBA players, guys going to the NBA, um, you know, international players. I mean, just across the whole league and, you um, yeah, as you said, you know, the top four in at the moment is is pretty much neck and neck, and um, you know, just goes to show how you know competitive our league is. Um, but yeah, just for me to be able to come back and play and compete in front of fans in such a weird time and have a transition as I could hope for um, in in the current climate um, is something that I'm very um, yeah just thankful for. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to come here and play. So it's been it's been awesome so far.
2: And it's a legitimate avenue to the NBA now. We we've seen it. Um you're a young man, twenty three years of age. Is is that s- still the goal or is it the goal for you to get there?
14: Um, yeah, no question, it still definitely is a goal. You know, for me I wanna I wanna be an Olympian, I wanna represent Australia at the highest level and um I wanna play at the highest level and, you know, I'll even know that Australia is, you know, continuing to improve and um, you know, be one of if not the best league outside of the NBA in the world. Um You know, the NBA is still definitely a goal of mine and something I've dreamt of since I was a kid. So, it's definitely still on the bucket list there and, um, yeah, working towards that.
2: Well, good luck to you, mate. Can't wait to see you back in action. Melbourne United absolutely flying and and look forward to the time when you're back on the court, hopefully soon, with that finger injury.
14: No, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, can't wait. Just going to get back out there right now.
2: Jack White from Melbourne United. Melbourne United flying on top of the NBL table with about... I don't know, twenty eight, twenty odd games to go left in the season, so still a long way to go. This On ECN, the captain's run with coins. 24 minutes past 11 o'clock on the captain's run. Thanks for your company this morning. It's been a big show. Plenty more still to come. We'll get to Chad's brother's quiz very, very shortly and more of your calls. Not often I do this where I go... Double bang. So almost a double volcano on the captain's run this morning. In the thrilling 2014 preliminary final, Alistair Clarkson's Hawthorne held off a fast-finishing young Port Adelaide side by just three points. Now, Hawthorne went on to demolish Sydney, as we know, in the grand final the following week, claiming back-to-back titles. Playing in that prelim final for Port Adelaide was a quietly spoken 27-year-old with a bushy beard called Justin Westoff. And as his hands grasped his head as the final siren blew to signal the end of the prelim final, little did West Off know that this may not be the only time Alistair Clarkson might cost him the premiership that eluded him for his 14 year AFL career. Clarkson's stunning power over the AFL has again been exposed this week after he floated the medical sub idea in a coach's meeting with the AFL just last Thursday. A meeting where four of the 18 coaches were absent. Luke Beveridge, as we know, he's spoken about that. Damien Harbick had him last year when Clarkson whinged about the holding the ball adjudication, bowed to his demands and
6: changed another rule. We had 69 tackles. I don't think we had a free kick from a tackle. 69 tackles and not one of them can be adjudicated holding the ball. What's happened to our game? If yeah, that's a spectacle that we're trying to search for in our game, our game's in a dreadful space because we're just not playing the free kick. It's frustrating. Please i just play them to open the game up. So mid-year
2: after that little soot, the AFL changed the rule. There is no way Westhoff would have been encouraged to retire at the end of last season had Port Adelaide known the 23rd man medical sub would be introduced for the 2021 season. Westhoff is the ideal medical sub. He's the most versatile players or one of that's ever played the game and he's played every position on the ground. What a luxury would it would be for Ken Hinckley to call upon Westoff to cover an injury knowing he's equally adept forward, back, on the wing or even in the ruck. And with many experts tipping Port Adelaide to win the Premiership this year, Clarkson may have cost Westoff a final shot at a Premiership dream again. But it's not only Westhoff. What about the other players who were forced to quit last year that may have gone on again, had they know what they know now? I'm sure Chris Scott would have loved to inject Gary Ablett Jr. with fresh legs late into the third quarter of a big game. What about Carlton's Cade Simpson? Would he have gone around again? Surely he had plenty left in the tank and may have gone again. He sure has made no secret of his desire to continue at the Giants. Would this have been the avenue for him to do so? The introduction of a dramatic rule change the day before the season may have cost some players an extension on their careers and even worse, a premiership. one 300 Which players may have gone on and who would have been the ideal medical subs? Would love for you to get involved and join in that conversation with me this morning. Poor old Westie sitting at home with his five kids thinking, gee, I'd be all right going for 20 minutes. I reckon I could do what um, big Oscar McDonald did last night and come on and kick a goal or two or go down back behind the ball or float in the ruck. Would have been nice had they not changed the rule the day before the season and had the AFL not bowed to the most powerful coach that we have ever seen in the history of the game, Alistair Clarkson. Let's go to the phones. The number's one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 Anouk is in Perth. Hello to you, my friend. What do you want to chat about?
10: G'day, Kato. And I couldn't agree with you more. So I love it how you tell everyone how it is with Clarko especially um, because, to be honest, I've had enough of it. Um, and, you know, I'm interested to see how we go this year. Um, and if we're going to play the same, boring, defensive footy as we have in the last three years. Um, well, I, I'm, 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 on, I'm on your side, Caro. Get him out of there. Let's most him over I really like what I think from the last night. Um, and, and the Blues, of course. And, and one other question for you. Yep. Your boy, your boy Ollie Wine. um think he come out at the start of the year and said that this is it. This is year He's going to tear the season apart. Um, what what do you think of him for starters? Do you think he's going to be able to keep up with a longer game? Like, like is he is he going to be able to do like the Travis boat of two years
2: ago? Can't well, he's he's leave. pretty. Yeah, th- thanks for your call, buddy. Appreciate your points. He's he's pretty good aerobically. He's just got to play to his strengths, and and that he's not he, he's tried to kick the ball too much and be a bit tricky with his with his kick. I, I hope he understands he's most damaging inside and and using his hands. Text coming through. Tim says, "Oh wow, Kane, you're just showing how much you hate Hawthorne. Yeah, unfortunate for West. Off, Come on, that's just dribble. And you seriously can't think that. Come on, Kane, that's drawing a long bow. The AFL changed the rule because he suggests something. It's not his fault, it actually get changed. I never said it's his fault. I can't remember when I said it's Alistair Clarkson's fault. In fact, I didn't. It's the AFL's fault for this wand that Clarko's got, this magic sort of wand that he can just wheel over the AFL to the point where he gets rule changes, massive ones the day before the season. It's amazing. We'll get to David, Pete and Frank on the other side of the news headlines at 11.30. a nerve here. Has Alistair Clarkson and his power over the AFL to introduce a last-minute rule change cost Gary Ablett Jr., Justin Westoff he's sure a shot at a premiership or another premiership? And who are the other players that perhaps would have gone on, like a Cade Simpson had their club known about this medical sub prior to the day before the season. one three hundred seven let us go to the phones. David, what's your thoughts? Kane,
5: okay, nah, massive reach there, mate. You can make that call about Clarkson denying off another flag if Port win it this year. But uh, you won't have to worry about that, mate, because Richmond are going to win it all again. So, um, yeah.
2: I said, there, I, I said that. I said potentially... I didn't, I'm not saying it's a guarantee to, to win the Premiership. What I did say is a lot of people are predicting Port Adelaide to win the Premiership. Um, same could be said for Gary Ablett. A lot of people think Geelong might win the Premiership. Would Gary Ablett have been the ideal medical sub? Get his shoulder fixed up in the off-season. Come on and play 28 minutes a game and just cut things to ribbons with fresh legs late in a big game. Well, I reckon he would have been pretty handy and I reckon Chris Scott may have liked that option to assess that and look at it if he had have known that the rule wouldn't have been changed the day before the season. It's extraordinary. Pete's in Geelong. Your thoughts, Pete?
7: Hey, okay, Look, full disclosure, big Hawks fan. But look, and I do acknowledge Clarko's bizarre, seemingly bizarre power over the AFL. It is, quite, uh, it is quite crazy. I think he has a lot of great stuff to say. It's made a great impact on the game. But I suppose I just wanted to point out actually Look, besides that, I don't think it would have made a difference to Westhoff's career and all that. And Abbott coming on late in the game would be an amazing thing to see, providing I wasn't playing my Hawks. But I would also pitch back to you. Think of the future players who may benefit from this rule change, as bizarre as it seems at the 11th hour. So, yeah, Westhoff and the likes may have missed out. But think of all those players, the the Durgoynes, and those guys who are at the end of their careers now who might benefit those in the future if the AFL sticks with the
3: rule. So, just food for thought.
2: They will benefit. Uh, Sean Bergen will waltz through to 400 because he's so versatile, like forward, back, midfield if you need him. Um, and if he saw one week, nice luxury to have. But every club should have had the opportunity to assess that and and know those rules prior to handing their lists in in October. Like we're talking the day before the season, Clarko sits in a meeting on a Thursday, says, I want this rule in, and the AFL says, you know what? That's a good one. Let, let's bring this in now.
3: Frank, your thoughts. Welcome. Okay, I, I think you're missing the mark. Going after Clark, I think the one we should be talking about is Gil McLaughlin. I'm going after the AFL.
2: Spin. I, I, I uh, hang on. I've had a couple of texts coming through. Nothing against Clarko. If any other one had the uh, the power, use it. Good on him. Not criticising Clarko at all. I'm criticising the AFL for listening to him, and sure, listen, but let's not change the rules after round four like they did last year and the day before the season because he wants something changed.
3: I agree totally with you. I think we need to focus more on Gill, because Gill seems to be really reactionary. He seems to always speak that corporate talk. He's nothing but a glorified politician. And it astounds me why the media doesn't seem to critique him enough. It's almost like everyone's too scared to critique Gill. You
2: know, footy, he footy, footy has, 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 is, He's it. got a footy boss. So he's, he's got he's got a footy boss and a footy department who are in charge of football. Um, so I wasn't satisfied with Stephen Hawking's explanation of it. Um, and maybe Benny will be able to find the audio for us. It was from a couple of days ago where they said to Stephen, because he fronted up and did the media and said, why are we bringing this rule in? And he said, because the coaches want it. It's not satisfactory to me because coaches want a lot of things. They're always complaining. They're always looking at the way that the game should be changed to suit their team. So it's never been a good enough excuse in the past to change rules just because the coaches wanted it. But now all of a sudden it is. Um, The tempertex machine has – it's actually blown up. Kane, it seems like you're saying that Clarko should have brought it up sooner. That's the only thing that could have helped these players. It hasn't cost them um, I doubt whether Ablett would have been happy sitting on the bench match after match. Um, have we had more rule change in the last five years than the previous 150? Is the footy that much better than previously? Can you ask Clarko to ring? Um, sorry, I'll just skip that one. Blues need another ruck, bring back big crews. Would Justin Westoff be a viable option in the mid-season draft? Could a team draft in Westhoff? if he was fit enough, and just draft him to use him as the medical sub for a big finals period. I don't know. Hey, the other thing I wanted to ask you, um, Travis Boak said during the week, former Port Adelaide captain, that he wants to play for a long, long time. Let's have him to listen to Boki about how long he wants to keep playing the game for. Yeah,
6: I don't really see
2: age as,
11: as, as any sort of factor until... I probably start not enjoying the game as much. Ah, uh, I, I think so. Um, I think you know anything sort of anything sort of possible as as long as you um you know as long as you put the the, the time and, and the effort into to what you want and um you know I've still still got a lot of dreams and a lot of goals that that um you know that I want to chase and I just love being around this footy club. I love playing footy and. Um, you know, that's what that's what keeps me motivated. I take a, a lot of inspiration from, from, you know, like guys like LeBron and, and Tom Brady and these older guys still playing um, and, and still doing their
2: craft. And it's just about putting time and money into, into your body and mind. So he was asked, can he play till he's 40? And he said, I think so. Um, I, I think he can. I, I absolutely think he can, provided he doesn't lose his agility and his speed. Now, long way to go. He's 32-ish, so it's eight years away. Long way to go. Who is the most likely to be the Tom Brady of the AFL? So Dustin Fletcher played his last game as a 40-year-old, which is extraordinary in itself. I know he had a period out there which which may have helped there. Brent Harvey was 38, and I reckon he had a fair bit left in the tank before North Melbourne sort of cruelly said goodbye to him. Craig Bradley was 39, and Sean Burgoyne's going to play game number 390 tomorrow against Essendon. As a 38-year-old, who's the current players that could play to a 40? I reckon Bokey could do it with how professional he is and, and how he looks after his body. There's advances in science, um, the medical field recovery, and there's more money in the game. So there's more of an incentive for players to keep playing. David Mundy's 35. I don't think he'll quite get there. Buddy Franklin's 34. I don't think Buddy will get to 40. The one I think can is Collingwood captain Scott Pendlebury. I think he's the most likely to play until the age of 40. Still doing exceptionally well in the midfield, but if Scott Pendlebury could go to half-back, a little bit like uh, Matty Boyd did for the Western Bulldogs for the last sort of five years of his career, I think that is a possibility. O four double three, ninety eight eleven sixteen. 4 98-11-16. The most likely current AFL player to play until 40. Travis Boat wants to play until that age, who's the AFL's current day Tom Brady? Let me know your thoughts. Even better, lines available. Jump on the phone. Have you say like Justin has done? Who could play till they're forty, Justin? Scott
6: Penderbury, mate. He's yeah. never had played,
10: so
2: he doesn't. You
10: can't lose what you've never had. You don't. You don't lose your brain. Like look at Cam Smith. Cam Smith was never super quick. He was never huge. He was never massive. It was his brain that got him through.
2: I'm with you on that one. He's, he's smart as well. Reads the play. Wouldn't really have to play anyone across half back. New rules will suit him. He's not going to lose his skill. Still going to be a beautiful user off half back. So he's 33 at the moment. Still dominating in the midfield. Don't see a reason if he wants to and if he's hungry enough to do so to play until he's 40. Do you agree with Justin? Pies fans can Pendlebury play to his 40 and can both do it. Don't forget to listen to This Is Your Sportive Life. Lo- this is your sporting life on Sunday from Tem. Sam Edmund talks to former Australian netball captain Liz Ellis. She's a ripper, Liz. Thanks to Tobin Brothers' funerals, celebrating lives. 20 minutes to 12 o'clock. We'll come back with David from Geelong and also the world-famous Over and Under on the other side of this. Stick around.
6: It's time to play Overs and Unders with Kane Corns.
2: For Temper, a mattress like no other. Well, we get Johnny, our man to read out a statement, and then we decide whether it is over or under. What's he got for us today? We'll start with number one.
6: What this sub now creates is a whole series of headaches for everyone. The doctors will have to substantiate whether or not a player can play the next week. If that player doesn't get called upon... He For his welfare, he won't be able to do a training session that night. So we'll need to staff a training session on Saturday morning. And with the soft cap cuts and everyone doing more than they ever have before, as you can tell by what I'm saying, I I don't
0: support it. Alistair Clarkson will change one more rule before the season is done, over or under.
2: (laughs) A bit of fun to start us off. I I don't know. I I wouldn't put it past him, but I'm going to go under. Just amazing, Um, laughable that you can have a coach change two rules mid-year or just before the start of the year. Um, I've never seen it before. Luke Beveridge isn't happy about it, and rightly so. Let's get to number two.
0: Peter, do you like AFL? Next question? Not really, no. Look, I've never been a fan, and and I don't want to take any away from the great athletes of the AFL players, because, you know, they're great athletes, and they have to be, because it's such a boring sport. You know, um, there's a lot of other people that love the sport, but they must love a lot of other boring things too. And unfortunately, these AFL
8: types think they're better than anyone else, and they're Victorians, which uh, doesn't help either.
0: Oh, they've got the Cornella. Yesterday, NRL chairman Peter Volandis labelled the game of AFL as boring. Volandis will criticise the AFL 35 more times in 2021. Over or under Kane?
2: Oh, let's go over, Johnny. He's obsessed, isn't he? I love him. He's great. He's great for his sport. Um, and he has an opinion, which, you know, I love. You know, these, these boring people that cover the game that don't have an opinion. He has one. But you don't see Gillian McLaughlin bagging the NRL. Um, But Volandis continues to bag Victorians and the sport of AFL. So he probably will go 34 more times this year. Over, which is concerning.
6: Number three. Dorian clubs have been... Well, alerted, tapped on the shoulder, worded up that the go-home desire of top draft pick Fisher Mccasey exists, Jared. So Makassi, some people will remember, the number six pick in the 2019 National Draft to the Adelaide Crows is considered almost certain to request a trade back to his home state at season's end unless
0: there is a, a dramatic reversal of fortunes there. After Sam Edmund told us Adelaide's Fisher McCasey is headed to a Victorian club at the end of this year, Adelaide football director Mark Ricciuto said he Expects McCasey to sign in a month or so. McCasey will sign with Adelaide in a month. Over or under?
2: No, it's over a month. Rue, I like I like your optimism, but usually with these stories as Adelaide know better than anyone. Smoke there's fire and when significant journalists, particularly in Victoria, are reporting this, it usually means there's some truth behind it. So Rue can be as confident as he likes and says that he'll sign in a month. It's gonna be over that. Hopefully they get it done, because you hate to see second-year players leaving the club that drafted them to go home after they've proven nothing in the game. So I don't want to see it, but I'm not that confident. A couple more. Number four.
5: So Gaunt to increase the Melbourne lead to 13 points
0: and make it six successive goals. He's done just that. Melbourne coach Simon Goodwin says Captain Max Gorn will spend more time forward this year. Gorn kicked just one goal last year. He will kick 15 in 2021 over a run Kane. One goal for Max
2: Gorn last year. Is he... The player in the game that makes you the most nervous when he's having a set shot from 30 metres out directly in front, that's a subject and a talk back topic for another day because he makes me nervous. Jordan go he's up there as well. Gee, he makes me nervous and, and now chucking Harry Mackay. Will he kick 15 goals? I think over. I think he will. I think he has to. I think I think he has to, particularly with Ben Brown and Wiedemann out. Um, good luck if he's not because I'm not sure who else is going to kick the goal. So I'm going to go optimistic. I think Max scorn kicks 21 goals in season 2021.
7: Smith turns around the left, high ball, Roughhead. Roughhead. has marked, Roughhead. one behind, Hawthorne are going to win.
0: On Easter Monday, Geelong play Hawthorne at the MCG. There'll be 70,000 fans in attendance, over or under.
2: Uh, Not sure Dan Andrews is listening this morning, but the rivalry deserves over. I'm going to go optimistic again. The pressure is coming from the AFL on the Victorian government. We've got to get back to the footy in Victoria particularly. There will be over 70,000 for what is probably the best rivalry in the game at the moment, Geelong taking on Hawthorne, and that will be a sight to see. That was our over and unders this morning. How'd we go? One three hundred seven three six, seven three six. Plenty of temper texts coming in this morning. In fact, it's blown up. Temper a mattress like no other. Jake wants to chat about Dustin Martin. Your thoughts on the Tigers superstar, Jake?
7: Yeah, I think he can um I think he can play till he's forty. Uh, I reckon in his mid mid thirties he can go forward, play as a permanent forward. He'll end up playing four hundred games and kicking five hundred goals. Uh, he's at two fifty goals now. Uh, he's at two twenty five games i think he can uh,
2: certainly get to that level yeah we heard his manager come out we spoke about it on the show a few weeks ago say that he wants to play for another eight years or something so that would that would put him to 40 he can do it yeah I, my concern with dustin may have been you know the lifestyle off the field when he when he was younger and would that take its toll you know if you're not as professional perhaps with, with the way that you look after yourself off the field but Clearly, he isn't, and um, he is now, I should say, because look at the way he's prepared this, this summer. So, if he continues that and can go forward as a genuine forward late, he could absolutely play to his 40. So, a good call, and a few suggestions saying the same on the text line. It's eight minutes to 12 o'clock. We'll be back to wrap up the captain's run on the
1: other side of this. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free, and easy to play.